process mining. May not sound like the sexiest thing to a developer, but today's guest is going to convince us why you really want to consider it in your overall platform strategy. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and all of you curious individuals. And yes, of course, I say that always with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. In this episode, I am very excited to be talking to longtime coworker and friend, Senior Staff Outbound Product Manager at ServiceNow, Mr. Dan Grady. How are you today, Dan? Um, fantastic, Chuck. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today. I'm a longtime listener, first-time guest, so I'm super excited. All right. Have you been on any other podcasts before? Uh, no, but uh, amazingly, now that I've joined this uh, or have taken this role here at ServiceNow, I'm getting more and more requests to be a guest. So I'm, I've got a few more coming up. I'm excited. You and I have known each other for several years, as I mentioned, but we really haven't socialized all that much together. So now is a chance to get to know you a bit better. Who is Dan Grady, the senior staff outbound product manager? Man, that's a long title. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I usually just say product manager, but uh, yep. Yeah, father of three daughters, Kate, Maeve, and Shay, uh, married to a loving and hardworking wife, Nora, sports fan, and I love sharing a cold beverage in a story with a friend or just a friendly face at a hotel bar in the middle of nowhere while I'm out on the road telling the process optimization story. Now, I got to ask you, what did you do before you were a product manager at ServiceNow? Yeah, so I spent 20 years at a, a business intelligence and analytics company called Information Builders. And uh, nice thing about that, I, I started there as an intern. So I'm very uh, fond of any sort of internship opportunities because it gave me a, a nice start to my career. And I got to do a number of different things there, kind of growing up in the company. I started out in quality assurance or quality engineering, I think it's called these days. And I moved into product management and product marketing, moved into solution consulting and sales. So I got the opportunity to work with lots of parts, different parts of the business. About six years ago, I was presented with the opportunity to join uh, ServiceNow, right at the time that we were introducing performance analytics uh, to the world. Um, and it seemed like a nice opportunity to bring an in-platform analytics message uh, to the ServiceNow community. And since then, I've kind of I started on the solution consulting side, um, and then kind of we added additional in-platform capabilities like predictive intelligence and the virtual agent and was part of the, the teams that were responsible for bringing those stories um, and the, the value that those solutions could provide to, to our customer base. That's about where our paths intersected in those early performance analytics days. I think you and I were in Peter's early class before we even had a real class. Exactly. You were one of the first people when I joined. I said, you know what? You should reach out to this guy, Chuck. He's a good guy to know here at ServiceNow. That was uh, probably talked to you in one of my first couple of weeks on the job here at ServiceNow. And that in about seven bucks, I'll get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Look how well that paid uh, off. Yeah. What do you like best about your job? I, I would say, I guess, besides the opportunity to work with some real smart people, including yourself, I think I enjoy that there's always something new to learn and a, a new story to tell. I mean, I don't know how many episodes of this podcast you've done so far, Chuck, but there are probably hundreds more that you could do. So it's for somebody who likes to learn, uh, ServiceNow is a, a great place to be. And 
in the current role, I mean, it's it's kind of we're introducing a, a newer capability to our customers. So learning how they're using it and some of the insights that they're finding while they use it, that's, that's a lot of fun for somebody like me. It is a lot of fun. I don't know what it is. I spent a few hours this weekend working on a project as well. And you know, if if this were any other jobs, I oh, I got to keep working on this project. I got to get it done before two weeks when the new guy starts or I won't have any more time. It's like, no, heck, I'm having a great old time. It's like good challenges, good knowledge, good learning, good sharing. I, it, there's something in the chemistry about this platform that makes it a lot of fun. Or maybe we're just weird. That's one of my uh, favorite quotes or song lyrics that I use all the time or reference all the time. It's a James Taylor song. And he says, uh, the secret of life is enjoying the passing of time. Um, and I think that's a, it's a nice thing to have in you know life in general but if you find a, a a job or an opportunity in which you get to enjoy yourself while you do it it's pretty good i'm so glad you made that james taylor quote and not the one that says sweet dreams and flying machines and pieces on the ground <laughs> <laughs> i know that one too but uh <laughs> i'm traveling this week and i'm gonna choose to leave that one out of my mind we are seriously nerding out here i'm not sure <laughs> what's going on a couple more questions about you before we get into our main topic. When you're not at work, what do you enjoy doing? Yeah, uh, is nothing an acceptable answer? Um, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> well, that 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 would be it. Then I don't have a ton of hobbies. I mean, I, I watch sports. I hang out with the family and friends. I I try to exercise now and then. But I, I think sometimes I think me being seen with a, a Peloton shirt on may be the reason that the stock price has dropped so much. Um, <laughs> But then, yeah, I, nothing is something that I enjoy doing most. Okay, fun question for you to close this part out. If you could build a house anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Yeah, you know, so funny thing, during the pandemic, uh, we kind of paid way too much money uh, or put way too much money into rebuilding our current home and our current neighborhood. So we kind of made that choice. Uh, and, and that has a lot to do with uh, loving kind of being with our family and friends in the area that we are. Um, but if, if money was no object and we could transport the people that we love with us, it uh, probably be somewhere near the water. Right? I, I live uh, on Long Island right now, but I'm, I'm not really near the water. So maybe building a place out east on Long Island on the water would be something that would keep me close to friends from a, a traveling perspective i i love hawaii and i love the amalfi coast so so uh maybe houses in that in those areas would be our house in those areas would be nice i just nothing like uh waking up and taking a walk on the beach and kind of listening to waves crash across the sh crash on the shore that's something that i enjoy so it would be but near the water i don't know exactly where but near the water for sure all righty good answer let's get into our main topic then Let's start out the new listeners and new the platform with what is in-platform process mining and why should the developer admin listener care? Got it. Yeah. So uh, the platform, it's it's all about workflows, right? Um, and, and workflows that are meant to improve the way in which things get done. In-platform process mining or process optimization, which is the, the brand name we, we give the solution, is all about X-raying those workflows and identifying bottlenecks, non-conforming activities, and improvement opportunities in those workflows that, if acted upon, could improve the experience for anyone and everyone interacting with the workflow. 
Um, so it, it helps us answer questions like, where is rework happening? Which steps in the process are taking the longest? What type of work is consistently going into, let's say, a, an on hold or an awaiting user info state? And then, you know, one of everyone's favorites is like, which work is ping-ponging between groups and slowing us down? So all about that, that X-raying the workflow and kind of shining a light on where we can be doing better. That would have been so handy when I was a customer. Uh, it's, I'm telling you, Chuck, every time you show somebody what it does for the first time, they're like, well, yeah, we can use this. <laughs> Where was this when I was a kid? Yes. <laughs> you mentioned some of the features, but what are some of the benefits of doing this in platform? Yep. So three big ones uh, that I'll touch on. I say briefly, but I, I tend to talk a little while. So the, the three big ones that I really like to point out are one are data availability and access content and kind of creating an efficient closed loop experience. So let's let's look at those each individually. So like with most solutions these days, process mining solutions are powered by data. And a third party process mining solution, uh, there's a significant amount of time spent identifying which systems the data they want to mine is in, then getting the access to those systems, then extracting the relevant data in the appropriate format and massaging it to load into the solution. And you've got to do all of that before anyone can begin to get any sort of insights out of the data. And it's just exhausting just saying all those things out loud. And in a lot of scenarios, that could be weeks of effort. Um, as an in-platform solution, data availability is not really a problem for us. Right? I, I always like to say, if you can, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball, or probably more appropriately, if you can build a report, you can visualize your workflows on the ServiceNow platform. Um, and, and process optimization has our customers finding insights in, in a matter of minutes. I had one customer tell me the other day that they found two virtual agent uh, conversations that would improve an intake experience in the first 10 minutes that they were using the solution. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really powerful. Now, another advantage is the content that we provide. So for our out-of-the-box workflows, we know some common inefficiencies that often pop up, and that allows us to provide content packs that help accelerate the process of identifying those inefficiencies. And think about like back in the day with performance analytics, we had content packs with pre-built KPIs. We do the same thing now with process optimization. So for incident, problem, change, request, HR case, or HR service delivery and lifecycle events, or in customer service cases, we provide pre-built configurations um, that highlight certain improvement opportunities in those different workflows. So that's another big advantage. And the last one I'll point out is process optimization's ability to help customers create a, what I like to call a more efficient closed loop continual improvement experience. So if you, you think about what goes into it, in improving, improving a workflow. Uh, there's really four phases, uh, detect, analyze, improve, monitor. And we offer all of those on a single platform, which not a lot of people can say. So you can use things like notifications on SLAs or targets and thresholds on performance analytics KPIs to detect or discover that something's going bump in the night or trending in the wrong direction. Then you'd use process optimization to analyze why that's happening and, and how to improve. So process optimization is going to give us things like uh, visualized process map, which is what everybody sees and gets excited about, but it includes things like bottleneck analysis, root cause analysis, variation analysis, and uh, connection with automation discovery to speed the process of figuring out uh, what went wrong and how to make it better. Then once you used process optimization to identify the opportunities, you have to act on them, right? 
Um, and there's no better platform in the world at acting on things and improving them. And, and that you know, really is what the platform does best. So let's say maybe you identify an opportunity to improve an intake experience using the virtual agent. Maybe with process optimization, you identify work that is delayed due to ping-ponging and you use predictive intelligence to kind of help that work get to the right place the first time and eliminate some of the time spent in the ping-ponging. Maybe you identify a manual step in the process and you can automate away and integrate that away with like, let's say, uh, an integration or uh, RPA bot. Or maybe you identify an, an opportunity to improve that doesn't involve an automation at all, right? Sometimes, sometimes we just see things that it's a human thing that we can just coach up or, or simply stop doing, right? I had one customer the other day tell me that they identified that they had two levels of approval on a request for printer toner. Like, do we really need two levels of approval for, for printer toner? How did somebody not spot that in a process review? Uh, yes. Well, there was some complaints coming in, but then, you know, when you visualize the process and you can see how much time that second level of approval is taking, you can really justify removing that approval. Like it was adding three extra days per each request, um, which you, Hey, don't need that second level approval. We gained three days of productivity pack. So tons of opportunity in that improved phase with the platform. And then finally, we have the monitor phase, right? Once we find these insights, we want to make sure that they get tracked, acted upon, and measured. And, and that's where the pre-built connections on the platform with things like continual improvement management and automation center come in, right? Too often, like uh, insights get found and then they get lost in the shuffle. And these applications help us track them, ensure that, and ensure that they get acted upon. Right? The, the fact that we have all four of these phases, right, detect, analyze, improve, and monitor in a single platform is a significant advantage for our customers who want to make improvements a continual thing and, and not just one of these one-off science projects that we do. It happens, and then we, we kind of never come back to it ever again. I do have to stick in a little disclaimer here. I know people are starting to get excited going, oh, I want to look at process optimization. Uh, unfortunately, it's not currently available on PDIs. Is that still correct as of? That's, that is correct. And it's, it's, it's due to the fact that we use the machine learning infrastructure um, mm -hmm. to, to handle the mining portion of it. So one of the questions that often comes up when you start showing people the, the power of the solution is like, whoa, like, is that? That's super powerful. Is that going to have any impact on the performance of the instance? Um, and the answer is no, because we're using that, that shared machine learning infrastructure. So once you configure a project to be mined, when you hit the button to do the mining, it harvests the relevant data that it needs, and it passes that off to the machine learning infrastructure, does all the heavy-duty number crunching over there, and, and spits it back into the instance, so, you know, and then visualizes it with the map. Um, so... The PDIs today are not connected to uh, the machine learning infrastructure, which is the reason you can't, but any customer can turn it on and try it out in their subprod environment uh, if they'd like to. All right. Good information. Just want to throw that out there in case anybody was wondering. I know our developers always ask. It's it's almost as predominant as the domain separation question. <laughs> <laughs> Supported. Hey, answered that one. I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> So let's look at some examples of how this would make life better. You mentioned the the, the toner cartridge experience. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. You have more? Well, yeah. I mean, there's tons of stories. But if you think about just the continual improved process for many today, it's it's very manual, time-consuming, and costly, right? It, it involves 
combing through a whole bunch of reports. And I don't know why people still do this, but they still feel the need to print the reports out and then go through them with a highlighter. Um, then after you go through some of the data, it usually involves kind of holding in virtual and in-person workshops. Um, and that those are those workshops where you take a whole bunch of post-it notes and you stick them up on a wall. And then you take a picture of those post-it notes on the wall and you post it to some internal site that you have to make sure everyone knows that you did this because did work really happen unless we're posting a picture of post-it notes on a wall somewhere. Yeah, there's like, there's an XKCD comic in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> then once you do that, sometimes you got to bring in third-party consultants. And ultimately, after all of this other stuff happens, uh, you usually have to get internal alignment on the best path forward at the organization. At, at the rate at which most of our organizations are changing, even if we get to F through all this stuff, right, the best path forward may have already changed. So being able to visualize the reality of your workflows and opportunities to improve in, in minutes is a huge accelerator to the, the continual improvement process. So that's that's one place in which uh, process optimization helps make life better. The other area I see a lot of excitement from our customers is, is something I like to call getting to the why behind their KPIs. Um, as we've talked about already, I've spent a number of years at ServiceNow working with our customers in the performance analytics area. Now, performance analytics is great at answering questions about how workflows are performing over time. Um, and you usually kind of stand up those KPIs and visualizations in the dashboard. But when leadership had questions about what's going on in the dashboard, like they see something, let's say their MTTR trending in the wrong direction or their CSAT scores trending in the wrong direction. Uh, they obviously had questions like, why is that happening? Mm -hmm. And it's been challenging for a lot of our customers over the years to answer those follow-up why questions. You know, with process optimization, we can now start answering all those follow-up questions about what they were seeing on their dashboards and how to keep things trending in the right direction or increase the momentum that we have moving in the right direction moving forward. So that's an area, again, if you're using performance analytics today, I know you've got a bunch of questions that you've been asked that usually involve some sort of kidney twist to get the answer to over the years. We make that a lot easier now. We don't have visuals on this show. It's an audio-only podcast. Some might say some of our guests have a face for radio. I'm not I'm not casting any dispersions on you, Dan. <laughs> no, I look like George Clooney on podcasts. We'll go with that. I'm not sure what happened to George in the last year, but... <laughs> I want to try and describe what the outputs are that you get with process optimization. Sure, sure. Uh, I'll try to do it justice, but uh, I, I probably won't. So you can go out there. If you search up process optimization, you're going to find lots of recordings and content out there so you can see it in action. But um, in three or four clicks, you, you get a dashboard that that shows you common inefficiencies and non-conforming activities in the form of, of cards on this dashboard. So picture a card that says, hey, 25% of your tickets have been reopened more than once. Um, and you can drill right down into that card and investigate further via a visualized process map. Or maybe you, you get a, a card that says, hey, 33% uh, of your tickets are ping-ponging between more than two groups right now. And again, drill down on, onto that to see the opportunity to improve. And on those same cards, you also get information around kind of how much Productivity is being lost. So those 25% of tickets that have been reopened more than once, their average duration is this. Oh, and if we look at the volume that's there, that's three years worth of time that you can claim back if you can improve upon this process. So there's that initial dashboard that highlights those opportunities to improve right out of the box. 
Uh, then you also get a visualized process map that shows you all of the individual routes that the tickets are taking and the volume and velocity between each of the hops in those routes. I often compare it to, a, like when I see it, I, it looks to me like a, a ski trail map. Yes. I'm seeing all of the different paths that people are taking to get down to the mountain. Um, and then when I see any of the lines on the map going up the mountain, that's typically something that I that I, I, I stop and look at because it usually is an improvement opportunity because some form of rework is happening within the process. Now, I, I don't ski much anymore, but if, you, if I think back to when I did, anytime I had to go back up the mountain after I had started going down the mountain, it, it wasn't the best experience and it, it certainly wasn't the most efficient way to get down the mountain. Being able to see those those negative process experiences at scale in a visual way is very, very powerful for those who are interested in, in getting better. Absolutely. And I love that analogy I, as a fellow skier or I don't know, maybe I am a former skier. I haven't been out in a few years. I am most definitely a former skier. And every time I go, my brain says, hey, you're not 18 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly the, the body never listens <laughs> chuck i'm gonna be sore just from doing this podcast so uh ouch <laughs> was that a backhand i'm not sure. no 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 it's just uh... well dane you and i talked a little bit before recording this what can you tell me about the finding definitions sure so i, I just kind of mentioned the the experience that somebody would have with process optimization. And I, I mentioned those cards that show up on that, the dashboard, the insights that are there as soon as somebody hits the mind button and the dashboard, the summary and insights pages, there's a bunch of cards um, that tell them, hey, a certain percentage of your tickets meet these criteria. It's an inefficiency. And those are things that we provide content pack for, content packs for. But customers also have the ability to create their own finding definitions. And I usually compare these to like when I was a kid. Um, playing hide and seek. And when I was playing hide and seek at home, I had like a home field advantage, right? I, I knew the, the three or four best hiding places. So when I was it, I was much more efficient at finding my friends than they were at, at finding me. Same thing with our customers and, and the process owners, service owners, or the application owners out there. When you start talking to them, I'm willing to bet that they have a hunch or a hypothesis around some of the, the common inefficiencies within their workflow. They probably know that there's a problem child group out there, or they probably know that there's a problem child category of cases out there that they, they just can't really visualize or get a handle on how to quantify the impact that those inefficiencies are making. These finding definitions allow them to, one, configure, hey, here's the inefficiency that I think is happening. And then when they run a mining, have a card pop up on a dashboard that tells them, hey, 26% of our cases are going to this state and then they're going to this state and then they're going to this group. And you know what? Those 26% of cases are impacting us in this way from a, a velocity perspective or a speed perspective. It's, it's adding three to six days every time a ticket goes through this path before we can get to closure. So those finding definitions are a really powerful part of the solution. Um, and they, they, they help people uh, kind of accelerate their path to improvement, I would say. I like the hide and seek analogy. <laughs> Another great visual. What was uh, Chuck? Let's ask you. What was your favorite hiding spot when you were playing hide and seek as a kid at home? Did you have a favorite hiding spot? I grew up in a three-store Victorian home. There were hiding spots that I don't even think my dad knew about. <laughs> See, mine was the uh, the 
cabinet next to the kitchen sink. Like when I could still fit in it, it was a really good hiding spot. Nobody would think to look inside of a cabinet behind a bunch of canned soup to find a child. The problem with playing hide and seek was, well, there was an advantage because we had nine kids, so you didn't have to look very long to find somebody, (laughs) but to find that last child was usually a two week operation. There you go. We could create a finding definition for that. And then when you mined, that last child would immediately be exposed on a dashboard. We know that there's a relationship between process optimization and many other capabilities on the platform. One of which is Automation Engine, which we talked about a little while ago before. And if anybody missed it, Automation Engine is Integration Hub, it is RPA Hub, and it is Document Intelligence. As of the time we record this in Q4 of 2022, not going to say what the landscape's going to look like in six months, let alone out further into the future. Is there a relationship and what does that look like between process optimization and say automation center, which is that, that, that front pane of glass you get to your process optimizations and your, your automations? Yep. So that's actually, um, one of the things that is, I think is super important, I mentioned it earlier in terms of that closed loop experience uh, we create on the platform for folks. And, you know, I've gotten away, I've, I don't want to say I've gotten away because I still slip up every now, but I, I'm making it a point to try to remember when there's parts of the ServiceNow platform that work to gre- together to create a better experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people slip and say, well, it's integrated with this. It's integrated with that. We're on the same platform. It's not really an integration. It's a connection, right? They're connected together. Um, And we've done that with process optimization. We've connected process optimization to both continual improvement management and automation center. So right inside of process optimization, we have something called the analyst workbench, where you see the visualized process map. As you're going through and you're identifying insights that need to be acted upon, you click a button, panel slides out from the right-hand side of the screen, and you either can create a new continual improvement initiative, or you can create an automation idea in Automation Center right from there. So it's a simple step Hmm. to connect the two. And those are important because, you know, I always say, like, I've been doing analytics for a long time. Sometimes you you go out, you do a bunch of, you dig into something, you analyze some data, you find an insight, you go tell your friend at lunch what you found, and that's where the insight dies and nothing ever changes. This, both Continual Improvement Management and Automation Center, give us a way to capture that we found this thing, uh, this improvement opportunity, and that ensures that it gets followed up on, right? Because we can prioritize the continual improvement initiatives or the automation center ideas to make sure that, hey, these things need to get acted upon first. And the nice thing about automation center is it actually then allows us to start tracking the value and the impact uh, that the improvement is making over time. So anytime that automation gets run, that was founded inside of process optimization, you can see right inside of automation center, the impact it's making which I think is super important, right? It's one of the things that I I don't think enough customers do is you did this awesome thing. Go tell people that you did this awesome thing and use data to drive that and say, hey, look, we made this change. Here's the impact that it made. Because when you start telling those stories, it generates momentum inside of the organization around like, hey, we continually get better, right? We want to make sure that these aren't one-time activities. We just want to keep getting better over and over again. Having uh, data and dashboards to kind of tell that story is always a benefit. And it's so much easier. I want to hit that that point again about a single database, single platform. If you've ever done development on another system or series of systems, 
you may you you will appreciate this, but you may not remember it. You know, Dan and I have been on the platform for a while and you need need the occasional reminder. But if you're new to the platform, this is a serious benefit. Uh, it, it, think about when you make a report on ServiceNow versus exporting the data and doing it in some third party thing. When you're on the platform, you can click through the bar chart or the donut slice or whatever and see the actual data that's underneath. It. That's a simple example that I think all of us learned in, in sysadmin class or system fundamentals, whatever it is now. And take that forward to, say, process optimization, where it's got the data that you need, sends it to machine learning, but it gets the results back and goes, hey, there's an opportunity to not to go back up the ski hill here. Put that into Automation Center, possibly build an integration or, or, or something else to help automate that away. And you know, this is all in one platform. If you're looking at third-party tools to do this, you lose that value of having the depth of that information and the breadth of those capabilities. You know, that's not to say that there are some bespoke tools that do some of these things really, really well. But once you've exported data off the platform, you lose that additional value of having a single source of information. That is hugely valuable. I'm saying this to developers and admins because you're going to encounter this situation at some point with your VPs and directors and senior VPs, and you should be ready to go, you know, it's hugely impactful to have all of this stuff on one platform. Because the minute we start building integrations, you've got technical debt there. The minute you start building, going outside to another platform, you've lost some visibility to the underlying data there. It's it's just, I got to say it once in a while to remind myself as well. So that's, that's why I bring this up. Now, one of the things that uh, we always show when we do a demonstration of process optimization is kind of you're on the map, right? You're on the ski trail, let's say. Yep. Um, and you see one of those scenarios where something's going up in the hill, the ability in a single click to say, I want to see these records or these tickets that went back up the hill in a single click, get down to them, and then plug for, I, I think, one of the most underutilized capabilities on the ServiceNow platform. You're in that list of records. You see something that said, I want to create a bar chart or you want to create a pie chart of just those records on a list. But there's also an option called interactive analysis on a list that in a single click will take those records and turn them into an interactive dashboard. Right? I, I always say that uh, information is one of the most addictive and contagious things about th that's out there. Right? You, you give somebody a little bit and they always want more. So to be able to, to, to kind of say, hey, I've got this now, I've got down to the details, but dig into those details a little bit further in a single click get an interactive dashboard, super powerful. And that's just, again, a platform capability that you get um, with the data that's flowing through the workflows on the platform. Okay, time for my favorite question for product managers. Sure. Can you give us a hint of what's on the roadmap? Safe Harbor. Safe Harbor. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that we released in Tokyo, so this is this is not a roadmap thing, but it's something that we're super proud of and um, excited to continually enhance, is the ability to visualize interconnected processes. It's something called multi-dimensional process mining. It's an ominous type of term. But think about, let's say, HR onboarding. Now, that's a process that has a parent lifecycle event, right, mm -hmm. case that's there, but then a number of subtasks uh, through each of the onboarding stages that are out there. Now, we can visualize that process holistically in a single process map now. So you can start seeing all the interconnections between the different steps of the process um, and the different tasks that are out there, or 
Maybe let's use an example that's a little bit more familiar across workflows. Let's look at the request process, right? You've got a request, then you've got a requested item, then you have the tasks for each of those individual items. Uh, so we have the ability to visualize that entire request lifecycle there from the top all the way down to the individual tasks to see bottlenecks in that workflow. So that's something we released in Tokyo. Um, one of the things that we're recognizing is that uh, process mining is a, a new muscle for a lot of our customers, um, and for many of us here at ServiceNow in some cases. So continuing to improve, I'm going to say, the readability of those internet interconnected process maps, because it's not a skill that everyone out there is comfortable with just yet. So making sure that those maps are a little bit more readable and kind of highlight the opportunities within them is something that we're focused on moving forward. We're putting a, a bunch of effort into improving the connection with performance analytics. So today there's a really tight connection already. You can go directly from a KPI in performance analytics to a visualized process map of the data behind that KPI in a single click, already there. Um, but what we wanted to do is we wanted to make it easier to embed performance analytics content on the process optimization summary and insights page. So that same page, where you see all those finding definitions and insights cards, mm -hmm. you have the ability to embed uh, performance analytics widgets to create a more complete experience. Uh, but today you're using UI Builder uh, to kind of make adjustments to the out of the box, uh, I'll call it a dashboard that's there. Um, and not everyone is a, a UI Builder expert out there. That tends to involve some sort of development skills today. Mm -hmm. um, we're working towards making it way easier, like a wizard-like experience for people to adjust and put the KPIs on that screen that they want. So they don't necessarily have to be a real heavy duty UI builder um, user to, to, to make those changes. Uh, so that's another area. And then we're always looking to expand our workflow coverage. So today you can apply process optimization to ITSM. So like incident problem change request, HR case and lifecycle event, customer service management cases, and create a workflow. So those custom applications that you've built on the platform and you want to start improving those, you can use process optimization in that area. But there's demand for ITBM, where I think it's referenced as SPM these days. So looking mm -hmm. at that idea demand to project kind of workflow interconnected with that multidimensional mining piece, there's demand for that, or let's say governance and risk workflows. Um, so uh, as part of our roadmap, we're always looking uh, to expand that coverage um, to make it happen. So there's, with each, with each of those individual workflows, we're kind of uh, working with those BUs to make sure that there's that coverage that they need, because it's not just and technically you could do it today, but it's that, that, that content that I mentioned earlier that we want those be used to, to kind of provide for us or work with us on. Um, and then the last thing that I would say is we're constantly looking for ways to automate the recommendations of improvement opportunities. Um, so today we, we've bundled in automation discovery with the process optimization workspace. So as you mine data, we apply automation discovery to it. And automation discovery calls out like, hey, we've got out-of-the-box virtual agent conversations that could help with this inefficiency. Um, but we've also got other ways, as I mentioned earlier, to, to automate things on the platform like RPA Hub or integration. So we're looking for ways to expose those opportunities in a, an easier fashion for our customers. So they're not always digging into the map to find them. The opportunities are presented to them right up front as often as possible. Dan, we've talked a lot about process optimization. What about enablement? Somebody wants to get started or start looking into this, where would they go? A couple of options. Um, first one is there is a now learning course 
on the Now Learning site. It's a self-paced training, about 90 minutes, or if you listen to it on two, two times speed, 45 minutes uh, to get through it. So there, there's a self-paced training called Process Optimization Essentials out there on the Now Learning site. Then in addition to that, uh, we've got a product hub in the new community, or it used to be called a community forum for process optimization. And we've put a ton of content on that page for you to learn up on your own if you wanted to do that. And then another option is bi-weekly Process Optimization Academy. So I host every other Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, something we call Process Optimization Academy, where I'll get on, I'll talk about a topic uh, for about 30 minutes and then open it up to more of an office hour sessions for customers to ask questions. We've got about eight of those out there at, at the time of this recording. So everything from the why and what of process optimization to configuring your first process model to configuring your first HR case model, which was the most recent one that we did. Uh, so there's there's those recordings out there and you can find them again in that product hub page or if you go to the community YouTube channel, there's a, a channel just for process optimization academies. I'll include links to that in the show notes. And if you're listening to this on a podcast client that supports chapters, I'll also put a link in there so you can go right to that while you're listening. Of course, we're nearing the end, and this is the part where I ask, do you have any contact information to share? Sure. Uh, you can certainly find me on LinkedIn. It's Dan Grady Service Now is probably the best way because I'm sure there's more than one Dan Grady out there uh, on LinkedIn. On Twitter, you can find me at TweetGrady uh, out there. And then if you, you wanted to send me a note via email, I'm happy to take that as well. It's dan.grady at servicenow.com. Well, thank you. Lots of different ways to get in touch with you, and we look forward to that. And thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them all at servicenow.com slash community under the events menu. Be sure to subscribe to this and all the podcasts over there for absolutely free. These are free of charge. You can get them automatically delivered to you. As I mentioned, there are podcast clients out there on your mobile devices, your desktop, whatever, so that you don't miss another episode of this or any of the other podcasts that we have. Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow. Executive producer would be me, Chuck Tomasi. Video captions by Earl Duque. And to find out more, about the ServiceNow developer program, we invite you to head over to developer.servicenow.com. Again, thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us today, Dan. No, it was great. I appreciate the opportunity to be a, a guest on something that I've listened to for, for years now. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Ah, technology. It's a wonderful thing when it works. Change is hard. Change is expensive. Why you really want to consider it in your overall... <laughs> Starting is always the hardest part. Next question. Let's talk about... That's not even a question. Let's try this. Wait, did we skip a question? We did. No, no, we no, no, this is right. Oh, That's right. The finding definitions. Okay, okay. Let's try that. Slow down. I can only copy and paste them fast. Well, I don't have much. I, I I basically just dumped every piece of knowledge I have. So that's called specialization. Oh, we've talked a lot about enablement. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I read the question before I could get to the answer. And that's where we'll end the recording. All right, that was seven minutes of our life. We'll never get back. Good thing the recording's over.